0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Yes, we will brothers and sisters. And the reason is that the American people are recognizing more and more that the Democrat party is a bunch of tyrants. We don't want tyranny. We don't tolerate tyranny here in America. Welcome to Praying for America. I'm pro life leader Frank Pavone, national director of Priests for Life. And uh, we're going to bring you some powerful updates. Uh, the court, the Supreme Court, has uh, introduced a major development in uh, this uh, coming presidential election. And I want to explain that to you. It ties into something we've discussed in the past. And then I want to explain to you why, despite all that, the presidential race in a strange way is frozen and explain exactly what I mean by that. But I want to start with a powerful scripture that I think really is a theme song for the Democrat Party of today and for the corruption, the weaponization, the tyranny that we see in America, looking at it from a spiritual point of view. We've got to be spiritually awakened if we're going to deal with this problem. Deal with it, we must. And we've got to be spiritually awakened to what's going on because the political battles, as we've said many times before, are manifestations of a bigger, deeper spiritual battle. Let's look at the letter of Jude towards the end of the New Testament. And I want to read a significant portion of it. But think as we're going through this of the spiritual battle right now in America against these tyrants, starting with uh, verse 3. which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But these people blaspheme all they do not understand, And they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them! For they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are blemishes on your love feasts as they feast with you without fear, looking after themselves, waterless clouds, swept away by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. It was about these that Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord came with ten thousands of his holy ones, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you in the last days, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Let us pray. Lord, your word clearly foretells the wickedness of these times, just as it has clearly pointed out wickedness in every generation. Lord, we take these words to heart because we see this wickedness on full display in America today, from the radical left. Not only do they engage in this wickedness, not only are they no longer concerned about hiding it, but they want to impose it on us and our children. Lord, we stand firm in the faith. We drink deeply of the Holy Spirit, not of the lust and ungodliness of these people around us. Bless us with continued fidelity. May we be united strongly with one another as we witness for your kingdom and pray for America. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Yeah, I was thinking about this passage from Jude today. I mean, isn't it appropriate for what we're seeing all around us? And I mean, do you, 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 I mean you see the the the, what happened to dodger stadium and these these the sisters of perpetual indulgence i mean this jude is writing this exactly for what we're seeing in front of us right now these are people notice how many times he uses the word ungodly and i think about remember the democrat convention how they couldn't even they couldn't even bring themselves to say the word god they couldn't even do it in the pledge of allegiance remember how they did it one nation indivisible with liberty and just they, they couldn't say God. They certainly couldn't say under God. But they couldn't even say the word God. These people are ungodly. They are. And um, this is what we're dealing with. Now, in the ungodliness manifested in these Democrat uh, uh, buffoons, we have more coming out about the Biden tapes, you saw, no doubt, most of you are following much conservative commentary, and um, you heard about the WhatsApp message in which Hunter Biden purportedly threatened a Chinese business associate by invoking his father's political connections. Let's read the exact message in this WhatsApp. I am sitting here with my father, And we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the entire Biden family are corrupt. Dick Morris is coming out with a book, The Biden Corruption Family. Keep an eye out for it, friends. Mark Levin is also coming out with a book, um, and that will be out in September. I'm not sure of the date of uh, Dick Morris book, um, but Beyond the Lookout, The Biden Corruption Family and um, the um, book by Mark Levin is called The Democrat Party Hates America. So these are going to be two very, very important books outlining in great detail and substantiating the kind of things we're saying right now, substantiating them. And uh, this is uh, extremely important. Now, all of this is unfolding in a very bad way for the Bidens. i mean it is really i mean so many commentators are saying listen this is just the case is closed the nail is in the coffin it's irrefutable and just more is going to keep coming up because the republicans in the house are doing their job investigating this stuff and with subpoenas and with witnesses and testimony and lo and behold what a big surprise that just as these things are coming to a head, CNN comes into possession. You got to ask how, how comes into possession of a tape where you hear President T- Trump talking with some of his um, associates, and he makes reference in the conversation to um, General Milley and and how he wanted to. Uh, get into a war with Iran, and, and and President Trump didn't want that. And he's referring to some documents that he says are highly confidential. Now, they're using this tape to try to say that he mishandled classified information. It's an audio tape. We don't know what document he had, neither do they. We don't know whether it was classified or not. And we don't know whether the other people in the room actually saw yeah, look, I'm going to show you my show notes. Here they are. Now, did you actually see what was in the notes? Of course not. We don't, you know, it's very easy to, 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 to uh, put two and two together where two and two aren't there. The difference with the Biden stuff is that we just have to sit back and look at the two and two are there. You don't have to read into anything. But the fact of the matter is you see how this is playing out. And this, understand, take a few steps back. Think of everything that's happened over these, uh, these. well, you could say over these last eight years. Look at everything that's happened in the persecution of President Trump, and you see a very clear pattern. Here's how the other side operates. You make something up to target your political opponent. You just make it up. It doesn't matter. Go to a creative writing class. Just make it up. Find the person that you know with the richest imagination and just and and, and, and they'll be great candidates for these Democrats to start trouble. Just make it up. That's point. That's step number one. Step number two, weaponize the criminal justice system to get processes underway. Now, you're taking legitimate processes of government and law enforcement and investigation and constitutional procedures and you're using them for purposes they were never intended to be used for. You're stretching laws out of, you know, twisting them like a pretzel in ways that they were never intended to be used. And you start a big legal process. You have absolutely no expectation that you're going to win legally. You know, we, we look at each other and we see all the, the hoaxes and the things that have been 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 undertaken right up to this very day. These baseless indictments, and more will be coming, equally baseless. And you wonder, are these people really so stupid that they think that they that using laws and using provisions of the law in ways that they have never been used in all of American history, they really think they're going to get away with this? And the answer to that is they don't expect the le- any legal implications or victory. They don't care because that's not the purpose. Starting the process, weaponized process, is step number two. But here comes step number three. Once the process is underway, and they get their hands on certain documents, and some of them they just make up themselves, but they get their hands on stuff, and then they, being the tyrannical, corrupt government, Democrat-run government, leak selectively and asymmetrically, leak information to their willing counterparts, in the media now i say asymmetrically in other words they can leak something at their own will at their own choice that would make president trump look bad but it's asymmetric because they're the only ones doing the leaking nobody on the defense side of the equation is leaking or speaking in fact, they try to keep them from speaking, saying, "Oh, well, there can't be any commentary on uh, this uh, on this matter, you know," uh, or, or, or if the Justice Department or any other agency is legitimately asked what's going on, "Oh, we can't comment." So, in other words, all the stuff that gets broadcast by the media is just the stuff that puts President Trump in the negative light, while the defense isn't getting out there into the public arena. And that's why they don't care if they've got any ground to stand on legally, because it's not the legal victory they're looking for. It's the political one. They're trying to get political points. They're trying to steer voters away. They're trying to wither away support with their willing partners in the media to blabber all over the place what's nothing more than a bunch of nonsense. And that's what's happening. It's not legitimate legal processes. It's not legitimate court processes. It's not legitimate grand jury processes. It's what's called lawfare, media lawfare. Just fight it out politically. By throwing garbage to the media after you have started a whole bogus process. By the way, this is also going on in the church. We'll talk about more more about that on another occasion, but I have spoken about that before as well. It's going on in the church. All right, let's get to what I was saying about in regard to the court. The court, you know, we have spoken on this program about the Moore versus Harper case that has been percolating in the court for a while, Supreme Court case. Of course, we're at the end of the term now, so we expected a decision on this coming out during these days. And here's what it had to do with it, because this this impacts uh, the election. The Constitution gives to state legislatures the authority, and it gives it exclusively to them, To regulate how elections are conducted, all elections, federal and state and local, all elections conducted within that state, the time, the place, the manner, how does it work? That is determined by state law. What's the deadline for the ballots to come in? What's the, what are the, does there have to be signatures on the outside of the ballot? And how do you handle absentee ballots and all this stuff? It's determined by the state legislatures. That's the Constitution. Now, let me give you an example of what happened, as you're well aware, in 2020. Just one little example of this in Pennsylvania. Let me read from an actual news report that came out at the time. Mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania have previously been due by the time polls close on Election Day. Now, That's by by state law. That's why they were due by the time the polls close on election day, state law, as the Constitution provides. The news story goes on. But the court's order adds a three... This is the state Supreme Court of Pennsylvania they're talking about. The court's order adds a three-day extension. Oh. To receive ballots that are postmarked by 8 p.m. on election day. Postmarked. They don't have to be received. They just have to be... Postmark. So now it's a different standard, a different rule. So it goes on. Ballots with a pre election postmark will now be counted as long as they are received by 5 p.m. on November 6th. Remember, the election was November 3rd. November 6th, three days after the polls close. The court also wrote that ballots, quote, received within this period that lack a postmark or other proof of, of mailing or for which the postmark or other proof of mailing is illegible, will be presumed to have been mailed by Election Day, unless a preponderance of the evidence demonstrates that it was mailed after Election Day. And my question for the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania in this context is, who the hell are you? You're not authorized by the Constitution to do anything with uh, regard to election law. Who do you think you are? See, And this is the problem that we have today at every level of, of, the, of the judicial system. They're arrogant tyrants. They arrogate to themselves prerogatives that belong to the people and their elected representatives. Constant problem of judicial activism. So you've got here in this situation, um, maybe this sounds like a law, doesn't it? Is giving three days, even setting the time five p.m., three days after election day, the ballots can still be received and counted. And then it even gives guidelines in terms of what to do if there's a smudge on the on the postmark. And this is this. this is not coming from the legislature. This is not coming from the elected representatives of the people. It's coming from the court. So this raised the whole question of what are courts allowed to do? In the, we're talking about state courts. What are state courts allowed to do, if anything, to change the rules about elections? Now, so you're dealing with two entities, the state legislature and the state courts. Now, either one of those entities can be controlled at any given time or is controlled at any given time by one or another party you'll either have a republican legislature maybe you'll have it split or you'll have a democrat legislature or a democrat controlled court and or a republican controlled court so uh, the two uh, what is the relationship between the two that was the subject of this case it arose out of north carolina when in the course of redrawing the congressional boundaries, which happens every 10 years after the census, redistricting, uh, the Democrats complained and they said, whoa, this re- this new map for the districts in North Carolina is favoring the Republicans. This is partisan. And they took it to court and the state Supreme Court said, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is partisan and throughout the, the map. Uh, And then the Republicans challenged the court, challenged the state court in federal court and said, you don't have the authority to do this. That violates the Constitution. So that's the case the Supreme Court looked at. Does it violate the Constitution? Now, interesting thing happened in the meantime. While the Supreme Court was considering that question in this Moore versus Harper case, which has now been decided, while the Supreme Court was considering that question, the midterm elections took place the midterm elections flipped the North Carolina high court from Democrat to Republican, and the Republican court reversed its decision and and, and said, oops, we made a mistake. We don't have authority to overstep the legislature in the lines of the redistricting. So interesting twist of events. And at that point, it became unclear as to whether the Supreme Court case should even continue. Because now, and, and, and three of the justices ended up saying, there was no live controversy to settle remember understanding the way the courts are supposed to work the court doesn't just step in and fix things or 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 devise policy or set law the court can only act when there's a live dispute there's got to be a dispute between parties courts settle disputes they don't write policy So three of the justices, three of the justices on the conservative side said, you know what, this is not, there's no need to continue even answering the question about the relationship here between the state courts and and the state legislatures when it comes to rules about elections. But the majority not only did feel that they could continue the case, but they ruled in the following way. They said that indeed the state courts do have some authority to enforce or to properly interpret or to resolve disputes, we should say, regarding state law according to the state constitution. They do have a role. They do have a say. Now, that can open up a big can of worms because you've got activists. Going back to the example of Pennsylvania, are we going to see now this happening more and more in the upcoming elections of 2023 and 2024 especially are we going to see more of this nonsense with state courts overriding state legislatures and setting new rules at the last minute for whatever excuse they want to come up with or any democrat priority they want to implement now the good thing about it is of course in many places you'll have well you'll have republican controlled courts that might put a put the brakes on something that democrat state legislatures do so obviously this can work both ways but we know where things are tilted in terms of the uh, the uh, the propensities going on right now in the court system but we also i also want to point out that roberts justice chief justice roberts who wrote the majority opinion here does give a caution and i think this is this caution is extremely important he said state courts having said what we've said that they do have a role he said, state courts do not have free reign. In, in referring, in other words, to striking down state laws governing elections. The Constitution says the state legislature does this. Robert said, we're not giving them free reign. And then he goes on. He says that um, the, uh, the court held only that state courts may not transgress the ordinary bounds of judicial review such that they arrogate to themselves the power vested in state legislatures to regulate federal elections now you go back to that example in pennsylvania i don't see how what we we you can say that if the law was that the that the law was that the ballots had to be received by eight o'clock on election day, eight o'clock pm, that the court could just come in and extend the deadline by three days. How's that different from changing the law? It's not resolving some kind of Lack of clarity, right? It's not resolving some kind of dispute there where there's a lack of clarity. It's clear as day. And a, a, a grade school child can tell you when it's 8 p.m. on election day. What is the problem here? Unless you're a Democrats in Pennsylvania and you just want more votes to come in for your candidate. What's the problem here? What's the dispute that has to be resolved this is the law so this decision is not good it does have some silver linings to it it does have an important caution here from the chief justice the point is we're going to have to be very vigilant here because you know what the other side is going to do they're going to take this and run with it and all kinds of activist democrat appointed judges are going to try to get votes for their tyrannical side of the political equation by messing around with what state legislatures, especially if those legislatures are, are Republican ones, have put in place about election deadlines, uh, the need to have verifiable signatures on the ballots, uh, all kinds of other rules that we have to make sure are A, are in place, and B, people who know what they are. And then we are ready to pounce on any kind of violation of those state laws in regard to elections. Okay, well, we'll have, we're will out of time for today, but we'll have to talk about this some more uh, as, the, uh, as the months go on. Brothers and sisters, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by anything that's going on. This is tyranny, and we've got to resist it. Um, we've got to resist it with all our strength. Um, I was going to show you today a, a, a video of a talk I gave. The other day at uh, Ralph Reed's conference, but well, I'm going to save that till tomorrow because uh, we, this 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 was late breaking news, and uh, uh, I wanted to, sh- to share a little bit of an explanation about it with you. I'm sure you'll hear about it more in the coming days from other commentators. Uh, but let's pray now. It's important for us to pray over all of this, uh, Lord. First of all, we pray against the corruption taking place in our in our nation, uh, 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 Lord. We there is corruption in the Biden family, and we ask that that this be exposed, that all those involved be led to repentance, and that as this is exposed, they don't try to, to justify, either justify wrongdoing or, or hide the clear evidence that has now come to light. Uh, Lord, we, we, we ask you to bless and protect all the whistleblowers that are coming forward. Now send your Holy Spirit upon them, because they need and they deserve your protection Uh, Lord God, the whistleblowers, those who are bravely standing up against the darkness, bravely standing up, Lord God. Bless them, protect them, uh, give them strength, courage to do what it is that they believe they are called to do. Bless those who are investigating these matters in the Congress, Lord, those in the House of Representatives who are in charge of these these committees and the Speaker of the House as well, the committee chairs, they are showing great courage. Continue to, to increase that courage. And Lord, we pray for the justices of the Supreme Court and we pray for all those who have been involved in this Moore v. Harper case. We pray, Lord God, that you would hold back any negative effects of this decision. Uh, But rather, let let, let those who serve on the courts be filled with humility on these state courts and prevent them, Lord God, from transgressing the bounds of, of state law, laws that we, the people, through our elected representatives, have put in place. Bless our nation. Protect us in freedom. And we now pray as Jesus taught us, Our Father, who art in heaven, I'm pro life leader Frank Pavone of Priest for Life. Connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. Many of you are watching me on those social media platforms now at FR Frank Pavone. If you're not, connect with me there. We, we need to stay close, encouraging each other, instructing each other, praying for each other. And you may be watching me on Right Side Broadcasting Network, and we're very grateful for our partnership with them as well. If you're not, Go ahead and look for them at RSB Network. Together, we form a great family of believers, and patriots, spread the word about our program so that others can join us each night in praying for America. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, I'm Evangelist Alveda King. Our team at Priests for Life produces many books, pamphlets, audio and video presentations, and other resources to help you protect the unborn. I invite you today to visit our online store at ProLifeProducts.org and see the many helpful resources you can get for yourself, your pro-life group, and your church. God bless you. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years.